How long gone? Uh, we're here. Um, I, I'm recovering from the It Girl issue of New York Magazine uh, and how much that means to me personally. Um, and we're recording this at a little bit of a different time than usual uh, because of our guest and our travel schedule um, as Jason and I are going to fabulous uh, Las Vegas Brandon Flowers voice. It, yeah, it's 8.45 a.m. on a Wednesday. This whole, mm-hmm. we never pod on a Wednesday. It's rare that I pod this early. So Mm-mm. I set my alarm for 5.30 this morning just to make sure I was up and at him. We had a call with the wedding planner that's still happening right now, and I was so upset to be, unfortunately, <laughs> t- taken away from that call to record the show, but nevertheless. Between the wedding planner call and the Sex in the City trailer, Whoa. I'm shocked you're here. Honestly, I'm shocked that you're here. I'm shocked that you're here. I didn't here. know. I was, I'm still kind of having aftershocks from the release of book club two coming out on mother's day okay and aftershocks i mean sort of like orgasmic quivering you know what i mean i'm still there's still some squirt coming out because you could show those menopausal ladies a thing or two is, is what you're saying well i mean some of them still kind of got it but i'm i'm <laughs> sort of you know i'm looking to them to show me a few things you know i'm looking if i'm gonna get an old dog she better know a couple tricks that are sort of like canceled nowadays sexually. You know what I mean? Canceled tricks. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we don't do this one anymore, Jane Fonda. Yeah. But, uh, actually, let's, let's give her a go. I've told you before that I used to see Jane at the gym in ATL, and Jane was about the, her business. She was getting in, and she would come in with a little dog, see her trainer, and she would go pretty hard for an hour for an 80 year old woman. Bring the dog to the gym? That's ratchet pussy energy. It was a gym in, in, uh, like on the outskirts of little five points going towards Decatur um, where now now is, you know, it's full of dogs and breweries. So she was just kind of early. Sure. You know, on the on the vibrato part of her. Um, but I did not know that there was a Sex in the City trailer. This is for season two, I'm assuming featuring Shed Diaz. This is for season two. I didn't watch season one. I will not be watching season two. Um, but I know that you will. So as soon as we finish recording today, I know you're going to run to the uh, run to the eh. YouTube. No? no, I don't care. I'm. I mean, like trailer for a TV show that I've been watching since I was in high school doesn't really do much for me. It's like I know everything. Every true algorithmically, I know exactly what's going to happen. So it does, it's a, a trailer for something new. Apparently, that's apparently fine. some people are upset that Steve isn't getting a lot of screen time in the trailer um so who knows what that means who's upset about that everyone hates steve i i that's not true i think steve is low-key a beloved character in the in the and just like that reboot um i think that he's been okay he's been getting the shit in the stick from that fucking fire crotch for too long and people are fed up with her fucking cobble hill ass he's the he's the roman roy he's the romulus of the sex in the city universe he's the little 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 fucking bar owner who could i mean he's always kind of bugged me because uh, only because of his voice yeah yeah and yeah. i know that's a, a bad negative stereotype to just dislike somebody based on a uncontrollable physical attribute but i just don't like how he says miranda i was just shooting hoops 
people dis people dislike me for Why are you breaking my balls, several reasons, including my voice. But Steve, what I didn't like about Steve is they tried to portray him as a white basketball player for a little while. Kind of his love for the Knicks, his hobby of, of shooting hoops, and it's just not believable. The guy's five five. What do you mean portray him as one? He just he He's is five five, bro. There's, uh, there's a lot of white basketball. Steve players. ain't crossing. Steve ain't breaking my ankles, bro. Steve ain't going AI mode at the park. There ain't no way. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. <laughs> no, he's 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 white Iverson, bro. Come on, let him cook. No. I mean, obviously he's not like he's not getting fucking third round draft pick for the Timberwolves, but like for a you know fifty year old guy who's five three, he's probably got a, a decent little fucking outside jumper. You think Steve's got a wetty little twelve footer in him, or do you think Steve will take you to the hole and kind of razzle dazzle you? No, well he he can do both, but I think Steve's strength is. He's not like a, a diehard Knicks fan or he's not a diehard whatever Lakers fan. He's just a guy who loves the game. So he's just happy to watch. He studies, you know, he's the okay. basketball as a okay. whole is his love as most, you know, okay. five, five New York Jews that I've ever met yeah, if you, or just people I know who live in the Valley. If you love basketball, check out cookies hoops. Those guys will talk about John Morant all fucking day. Sure. Um, we we unfortunately don't have that kind of info, but yeah, I want to talk about I want to talk about the New York Magazine It Girl issue um, because there hasn't been a better magazine in quite a long time. There's a selection of covers. Um, obviously, I got uh, Chloe Sevigny and and uh, uh, Carolyn Bissett, my two favorites, but there's mm -hmm. others to choose from. Yeah, of course. It really chronicles the rise of the It Girl. Uh, former guest Matt Schneier does a wonderful job, but there's ev everyone from every era, from Bianca Jagger and Chloe Sevigny to uh, Corey Kennedy and um you know caitlin phillips is from audrey included. hepburn to how far back does it go is what i'm asking i believe cleopatra no i don't think i don't i don't remember i think it probably starts in the 50s maybe and then goes all the way up to today okay so it could so it could be an aubrey aubrey hepburn situation yeah it's pretty it's i don't audrey hepburn i think she was more of an actress than an it girl but i think that the the so you the, don't think chloe seven is an actress i think she's pretty good at acting but you know to each their own well she is now i mean she 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 is now but she does it's but the the takeaway is that chloe seven is the it girl to end all it girls and um i think that social media has ruined it in a way because the influencer has kind of replaced the it girl um in in a lot of ways because i think part of the phenomenon was being a little bit mysterious and it was you know photos of you leaving and coming coming and going you know what i mean uh paparazzi style photos and now okay austin oh behave yeah and now now it's you know you know what it is it's it's selfies and smoothies well what i want to know chris is no offense no offense none taken as a smoothie drinker um as somebody like you who is pretty well versed in the world of it girlery are you frustrated when you read an article like this because you're just like, oh, like I'm not learning anything. This is all basic bitch info. I already knew all this shit. Or no, is there? Are you still able to enjoy it? Because whenever I'm reading an article about something that I'm an expert in, it's just sure, it always sure, just frustrates sure, okay. me. All right, so when you're reading about rotary mixers and you get bummed out, but I, um, <laughs> no, 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 there, there's a great Alyssa Bennett, uh, who, who, uh, we know a little bit, who, yeah. who has a podcast, Lena Dunham. She, she's a former model. She interviewed, uh, James, Jamie King, James King, who is famous. There, you know, there's the famous, uh, New York magazine, excuse me, New York Times, uh, magazine. Jamie's a real girl article that the photos are by Nan Golden. It was written by Jennifer Egan. So, but she was like, 
she has the full her talking to her now is basically like yeah i was fucked up they were giving me heroin when i was 14 mm. um and then i quit modeling by the i quit modeling at like 18 because i was like i can't i can't do, you know i this is this is not gonna end well her davide sorrenti her boyfriend died so there's there's like i know this stuff no, you know i know the lore and the history but but i think hearing the uh Sure, hearing it sure. from the from the horse's mouth is al- always interesting and then you know you've got the cory kennedy story which is maybe something you're probably familiar with because you lived through uh-huh. it yeah, yeah. um and it's every every but there's there's varying opinions on 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 it you know there's varying opinions across the board where it was like you know what it was pretty sick i went out every night for 10 years and like now i'm a mom and live in connecticut mm-hmm. and there's other people that are more like jamie king where it's like this almost killed me. Uh, my right. boyfriend died, and it was awful. But I made it out. So it's kind of it's nice to see the the span and, and the whole thing. But it's just New York Magazine is really, you know, as much as I d- don't care about uh, nepo babies or you know rules of life, um, I think that they've really hit this amazing point that's gotten people excited about a magazine again with some of this kind of zeitgeisty content that they're they're getting out there you know it's like they've had several hits in a row of things that people can't stop talking about for multiple days which is in this world that's a that's as good as you're going to get for as a victory they're, they're really in their stride right now. oh yeah i mean the, they're they're basically fred againing right now. the fred again of magazine yeah exactly yeah i watched some clips from that by the way and that shit sucked <laughs> like they're just playing dumb nirvana remixes you had to be there bro it was a it was a journey. No, I just, I, I just think I always thought these guys were kind of like, I, I, again, this is not my zone, but I was under the impression that these guys are three of the best, like top of their game. I thought Fortet was like smart people, kind of intelligent dance music, but then I see him up there, you know, with his arms around Fred and Skrill, jumping up and down to a fucking, you know, a, an EDM remix of Nirvana, and I'm confused. Okay, well, I'll I'll explain it to you. Basically, he okay. is that he is a, a genius electronic music producer, well respected, and normally will play that type of set. But he somehow became best friends with Skrillex. I'm assuming. Yeah based on his childlike wonder of music and of ability to make tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. And it's just kind of like this little kid wants to fucking cruise around and why not book yeah. me? Sure. That's great. But I no, mean, that, that makes, that I'll, makes I'll take the bread. I'll take the bread. And I, he's, he's also trolling. If you're like a serious musician, you're playing Coachella headline set. You're kind of feeling weird, self-conscious. You're going to do trolling sets. You're going to, act like you're going to play Nirvana and then bust into like a stupid dubstep remix. And yeah, no, you're yeah, going to have a laugh. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense. Counting that makes your sense. million dollar check. But um, we do have a guest. We got a guest. We do have a guest today. Oh, our guest is here. Okay. Right, well, we can just guest today is a, is a Roswell legend. Uh, if you're from, if you're from Atlanta, uh, David Cross, a comedian that we're all uh, familiar with um, from his work on uh, film and television, Mr. Show, um arrested development uh the list goes on he's the voice of many characters that you know and love um which is what i want to talk about because i'm really trying to get into some voiceover work and i want some tips from a fucking pro because i'm leaving money on the table jason you know what i mean it's it's like i'm kind of sick of this yeah. shit and i've noticed a lot of people who make good money doing voiceover work love to share those opportunities with lots of other people <laughs> get them in the door yeah, and make sure that they can kind of take some of that money <laughs> no too. no i don't i don't i don't want like i'm not going to ask for your agent's number i just want to i just want to be like do i have what it takes like listening to me do you think i have what it takes okay you know vocally i don't know this chris guy but whatever it is he's got it okay well let's let's give him a zoom <laughs> exactly i'm uh, I'm looking forward to chatting with him as well. 
Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, I like to chop myself, or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes, Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Mamma mia. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners... Our listeners, 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert faux life at homechef.com slash how long. That's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh oh, and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole body approach multi targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with considerably less shedding thank god take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long all one word find out why over 4500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com spelled n-u-t R-A-F-O-L. I got Raf on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's neutrafol.com promo code how long. How long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at BetterHelp, Jason. BetterHelp. You know, the summer travel season is coming up. Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions. We were spent off, obviously off clock, going through you know hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me, and uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists. You get one that you really like. You guys are gossiping. You guys are chit chatting. You guys are talking about your personal interests. Next thing you know. It's time to actually do the work. So it feels good building those uh, mental health relationships with people you actually like. And on BetterHelp, there are so many different therapists to choose from. I don't like anyone. If you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. 
Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash long. Nice. Do you do this yourself or do you hire a task rabbit like me? Oh, fuck. No, I would never. No, I would ruin everything. The house would fall down. Smart, smart. You're a man after <laughs> my own heart. Something up with tape. Yeah, Jason's a little more handy. He fixed a pi- he fixed a fucking pipe burst the other day. Uh, I, and I was extremely impressed. I got none of those skills. I, I know enough now. It took me a while because I have, I have a house, like a cabin type thing up upstate. And I've had it for going on 16 years. And um, I learned about five, six years into it that it's... Forget my pride, forget my desire to, forget my tricking myself to going, okay, this time I know I, I know exactly what I'm doing and just hire somebody because I've ruined so much shit by trying to fix it okay. myself. <laughs> I just don't have that skill. That poor cabin. <laughs> yeah. What it's been through. Are, uh, you don't really strike me as an upstate guy. Was this a phase you went through and now you're left with it or are you an upstate guy? No, I'm uh, I'm both. I mean, I'm... Uh, I, <laughs> I had it built shortly before I, I met my wife, so I was just in, you know, uh, by myself basically, and uh, and a dog. I had a puppy at the time, um, and I knew I wanted to just have a place uh, in the woods, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I would move there uh, full time, but just to have it. It's beautiful up there. It's it's an easy drive. It's uh, cheap <laughs> and. I've got, I never, I grew up really poor and I never had uh, a lawn ever. Mm-hmm. Um, once it was sort of a small one when I, when we were staying with my grandma for a bit, but I was always in like shitty apartment complexes and, uh, you know, I, ne- I just never had a lawn ever. And now I've got five and a half acres that runs up against a reservoir that nobody will ever build on. And uh, uh, it's great. Too much lawn. Yeah, yeah. Some, <laughs> some, would lawn. Say, yeah. some would say you overcompensated <laughs> here, and now yeah. the, the landscaping bill is a little high during the summer months. <laughs> yeah. But you, you did it the right way because as a child, you had the inability to kind of haul ass. You were confined to a, a tiny apartment, which allows comedic genius to, to grow, right? Well, that's an interesting segue. Um, all right. <laughs> hey, Jason, how come I can't see you? Here, let me let me put it on. He sometimes does this shirtless, so depending on the guest, he kind of withholds. I'm not shirtless. Um, but you can you will you you will whip your cock out though, right? At some point. <laughs> yeah, he, he will. He will. That, that's what I was promised. I was promised meat. This is a New Yorker all hands meeting, so he kind of knows what the vibe is. <laughs> Here's the thing: I can't see you, and you sound like cousin greg from succession so i want to make sure oh there we go wow there we go. wow yeah i sound like cousin greg you, you, yes <sighs> okay damn cross is coming out firing shots no that's fine david that's fine that's fine that's not <laughs> negative that's not a uh slam i'm just saying what do you think that is do you think it's just neutral or do you think it's just commentary sorry i should have said he sounds like the actor who plays cousin greg on the hbo max <laughs> no. series succession oh even worse david even worse it's actually as an industry guy i thought you would know it's max now and let's remember that moving forward if we no, talk i've about never it more. i've never got i've never got cousin greg before that oh you get ready get ready because everybody listening right now is only hearing uh-huh. cousin greg from this point forward and guess what i'm right i'm right <laughs> I can't argue with you. you, and you're walmsgansing me right now, and it's working, right? <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, I was I, I was sending 
I was saying before about you growing, you didn't have the ability to haul ass, play sports, become a jock. You just you had the pen and the pad, writing bits, stuff like that, right? Well, we had the woods. It was it was kind of uh, I wasn't in really a city until I was like fifteen, but so it was suburban, rural. So lots of mm, mm. climbing trees and running in the woods and fishing for crawdads. And, what, you know. what kind of what yeah, kind of yeah. BB what kind of BB gun did we have? Pistol or, or full kind of shotgun I, style? I, I I did not have a BB gun because uh, my mom wouldn't let me have one, but uh, I played with all you know the air guns. Everybody had them, and I played the BMX uh, early stuff where you build ramps and you get the like Huffy and the Astrobulas, and that was kind of my childhood. And CBs, I was the same way. I was a big BM- BMX yeah. youth. CB like radio? Yeah, I'm old. You know that's the but that I was. I was a kid when that. I was a kid. When that was so uh, they invented CB around. radio when I was a kid, and I just kind of took to it. I don't know; it was early days. But that was I, your I TikTok. Looked. You were you were glued to the radio. <laughs> you guys, it was huge. CB radio in the south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. CB no, I know. I'm from I'm from huge. Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. I'm 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 I have okay. I have some uncles that fucked with the CB radio. You know? Did you have a handle though, yeah. David? Did you have a handle? Yes. Yes, it was Doctor Death. That's okay. <laughs> That's pretty dramatic. Oh, we were like fucking around. We would just make fun. My friends and I would just uh, like try to. We were like ten or eleven or twelve, whatever it was. Death, death on the mind. Just trying to bait people. Yeah, and I. So I just chose something that I thought was, you know, provocative, <laughs> but it's kind of <laughs> dumb and sophomoric. But I was. Uh, so what? What part of? Uh, what part of Atlanta? I mean, my parents live in Decatur, but I went to high school in Conyers, okay. which you may f- be familiar with from the syphilis outbreak as well as the school shooting. Those are our kind of two claims. To- no one I, died. I, no I, one died. So we're good. I, I do remember that syphilis outbreak. <laughs> I, do, I do remember hearing about that. Funnily enough. Yeah, I had no part of it. You had a syphilis outbreak and a school shooting. Nobody died? Well, they were trying. <laughs> Look, they were trying. I don't know. I don't know some how bad these, that was. Some of these people are not very bright, and they were trying to shoot the syphilis. <laughs> And kill the syphilis <laughs> with bullets, <laughs> as opposed to Western medicine. Yeah, they, is is based in science. Their heart was in the right place. Bless their souls, right? <laughs> yeah. Progressive in their own there way. No, it was a, well. It's a it's a known. <laughs> it, it's it was a PBS documentary that aired uh, all over the country. Yeah. So it was like a, that's why the syphilis story was so big is because it was actually it was kind of a look at a small suburban town and what happens when parents aren't around kind of was the way they framed it i I remember that the parents didn't have enough money for it to be cool you know what i mean like it was like these they go to these kind of like one level houses i'm like this we could do a little better than this if the parents are working that much (laughs) you you know what i mean it didn't seem Uh, oh okay i see your point that's my claim that's our claim to fame but i lived in i lived in like little five points until i was like 25 probably i mean i lived in atlanta for i still go we're going we're doing a show there in a couple of weeks, we I go back pretty often. I'm the, I'm there tomorrow. I got a show at the Variety. Oh, the the beautiful Variety Playhouse. Okay, a little bigger than us. Don't have yeah. to whip your dick out, but you know I That's get cool. it. That's cool. That's <laughs> cool. Well, where are, where are y'all playing? Where are y'all playing? Terminal West. Oh, I haven't been there. Yeah, I haven't been there either. I haven't been there either. But it's it's uh it's it's in between the Earl and Variety Playhouse, which is where we live right now. Oh really? You're down there? No, no, no. I mean, I mean, live. I mean, career-wise, live. Oh, I got you. I'm sure you right. spent many a night in the Earl, though. Oh, plenty. I was there uh, not not too long ago. I did a couple shows to warm up for this tour back in October, I think, and I did two nights. And I've been doing the Earl since early 2000s. You know, and I will say this: best boiled peanuts ever. 
<laughs> best boiled peanuts I've ever had at the Earl. Oh, no shit. Absolutely. It, th- their food's really good, but get the boiled peanuts. They, they basically cook them for 48 hours in whatever kind of spicy, kind of smoky concoction. It's, they're the best. Peanut broth? Yeah, the peanut broth. <laughs> well, it becomes, it becomes peanut broth, I suppose. But yeah. yeah, and from there, then you can use it for soups and stocks and bases and things like that. I've never had that. I've never, I don't think I've ever really had a proper southern boiled peanut, but I have had it in like a Coca-Cola where you pour some down into a, a bottle of Coke. Have you had that? No. That sounds terrible. Regular peanuts, Jason? No, no, no. They were boiled. I went to some bar in the south. I think it was in in near Nashville, though. It was not in Atlanta. And they basically take a like a Mexican bottled Coke, hand it to you. You take a, a, a swig out of it, hmm. hand it back to them. Then they fill it up with whiskey and then dump a handful of boiled peanuts in there. God. And it, for some reason, it just really worked perfectly. <laughs> and uh, as a diuretic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> Call that the southern snake. Clean the pipes out. <laughs> when, <laughs> when, yeah. I'm com- when I'm combining those flavors mentally, it does seem to work, but I also don't, I don't get why that exists. Salt, fat, acid, heat, it's all there. Okay, okay. Yeah, I could see it. I would I would ask you southern folks the same question. I could see it like sounding gross but actually being good, yeah. My problem, David, with boiled peanuts is that I like them spicy and from the side of the road if I'm going to have those and I when I eat spicy foods, yeah. I need to take a shower pretty quickly after just like it makes me feel <laughs> gross. Like washing my hands isn't enough. So it's a little tough for me to enjoy the boiled peanut in the way that you're suggesting. Are you, Chris? Are you a nude shitter as well? Because I've I've seen a through line with this. No, no, no. I just, I just when I, I don't, I don't like my hands to feel dirty. And boiled peanuts are just really. There's so much going on with the boiled peanut. Yeah, that's true. They get, they get very, they're messy. But um, what if you saw a therapist? Okay, that's not <laughs> that is wanting to be clean is not a is not a problem. I'm not going to let you frame it as one. Um, sorry that I like to shower <laughs> twice a day, but no, it, it, dude, you can you can try to reframe my framing <laughs> any way you want, but it is absolutely an issue. What is? What do you think my issue? If, it's only, what dude, is my issue? Dude, it's it's only an issue because you said you like this thing, but this <laughs> other thing will pre- prevent you from engaging in it. So huh. the other thing is just wash your fucking hands yeah but sometimes i just yeah but then there's you know if it's something spicy it does it cause you to sweat sometimes and then you the hand washing doesn't work for that but that's what you need the therapist for to go hey it's okay to sweat a little okay, bit like okay. a human being it's fine you don't have to take a shower every time i love you- sweating i love sweating in the appropriate times i think you've created this false brick wall yes and there's <laughs> and what is an appropriate time to sweat when you're like active yes exactly yeah it's a mental exactly. thing, dude. Active. I don't want it's to. It's a mental thing. It, it causes discomfort. Well, the discomfort is also relative, and a therapist will help you with that. And this is all about allowing you, Chris, to enjoy boiled peanuts whenever you want. <laughs> okay. Okay? Okay. So don't, don't, <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. He's going he's gonna to go see a new therapist and be like, so, why are you here today? <laughs> why are you here? <laughs> it's I the mean- boiled peanuts, doc. I just can't find a way around it. I've been craving boiled peanuts, and I gotta figure out how to make this work. I was gonna say the gloves, but your your issue is sweating, like on your head or your armpits or something. What do you mean? What do you mean gloves? You you think I should wear some rubber gloves while I peanut? Yep. Okay. I mean that would look insane. Yeah. Well, all, David David just mentioned pulling up crawdads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gloves with the crawdads at the boil. That's pretty common behavior because. 
Some of that spicy crawdad broth will get under the fingernails. That's right. Your hands smell like the bayou for days after. Yeah, no, I can't do it. Boiled peanuts, do. nothing compared to some crawdad flesh. No, but the crawdad under the fingernails is is weeks of scrubbing. Yeah. I mean, that's a pedic that may be a manicure to get rid of that in my book. That that might be a that might be a shotgun in the mouth situation for you, wouldn't it? <laughs> exactly. I can't take it. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever go to a crawdad boil. Do you still think that crawdads are worth the squeeze, the 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 effort to get that flesh out? As you've gotten older, or are you still holding true and, and being pro crawdaddy? That's a really good question. I <laughs> I don't I don't think it's quite worth it. It's it's good if uh, it's good if there's a ton of people, but if, if it's like me and one other person, yeah, you're right. I don't think it's that. I, I, that's why when you uh, like, I love crabs, right? I love okay. uh, going to the go in a seafood restaurant get getting right. fresh crab but the little guys the little claws the teeny ones uh, on the lobster too yeah. that's where i go you know what i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna pay someone <laughs> i'm gonna pay someone to get this out for me i work too hard <laughs> sir sir come here you want to make 20 bucks i say that i say that pretty often about crab legs and lobster i'm just not really like it tastes good i like it but the the work involved is just i'm, I'm all set kind of i don't i don't need to do that really well i i think there's there's like a, um, you know, the, the payoff gets uh, less and less as you like the, like a, a lobster, uh, what do you call it? The belly, the body, whatever mm -hmm. it is. The lobster tail. The tail. And the, yeah, that stuff is like, oh, and the, and the big claws, that's worth it. Because then you're like, but those little guys and kind of the same thing with, uh, mm -hmm. with uh, crawfish, crawdaddies, that's like mm -hmm. not worth it. But yeah, if, it's a, if it's a fun family style boil and the newspapers out on the table and you yes. got people around, it's more of a fellowship than it is a feeding. Yes. Or, or if you're just simply poor, then you're happy to have those other smaller <laughs> bits and elements of it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a financial decision at the end of the day. David, the, the <laughs> new special, is it is it kind of daddy related? Um, parenting, fatherhood related? Not uh, yes and no. I mean, it, I was just asking based on the name, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, well, it's not out. I'm touring. It, the the I'm in I'm in the be mm -hmm. the middle of the beginning of the tour. So I'll, I'll take this time to say, if you want to know when I'm coming to your town, uh, I'll be just <laughs> go to officialdavidcross.com. All the info is there. I've done about mm -hmm. 28 shows so far, and I got about another. 60 to go, I think. 60? Um, 60? Yeah. I'm at the beginning of the run. I've got 28 under the belt so far. That's an impressive haul. Because Is this is this because you go to these shitty cities in America and do like three nights, four nights? No. Uh, I go... I've got... If a place sells out like super quick, like right when the pre-sales go on, then I'll add another show. I don't like doing two shows a night, but like uh, there's two shows in... Salt Lake City, two shows in Boston, and two shows in New York so far. So you're telling me you're telling me your touring business is very healthy in Salt Lake of all places. Oh, I have great shows in Salt Lake. Huge. I mean, there I've never had a bad show in Salt Lake. That's going back to like 2001 or whatever. And and when you're when you're there, do you have to work clean? <laughs> no, no. Um, my fan base in Salt Lake City is tremendous. I did I did two shows there back in October, um, and they were great. I mean, I, I always have a good time in Salt Lake City. I guess I see that. The personality types click, and you know, tattooed coffee culture bros. I've well, seen a lot of that in Salt Lake. Um, well, I was going to say there's a lot of people. It's kind of similar in the South and in various places where people who are in the minority, philosophically, mm -hmm. politically, whatever, um, are quite happy that I've 
come all the way out to wherever it is, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Salt Lake City or, you know, other Oklahoma or, or Omaha or various like, um, you know, conservative places where there's this little like kind of sea of blue in the or the, you know, in the middle of it. Uh, they're quite happy I came there because then everybody gets to for an hour and a half go, oh, yeah, we're not <laughs> alone. You know, because <laughs> they're and not just in the minority, but, you know, I mean, some of these people are being actively oppressed, you know, like yeah. you go to Columbia, South Carolina or whatever. So they're they're happy that you're there and talking to them. Do you feel pressure because you are there one hour a year where they get to feel that release? <laughs> Do you feel uh, a, a weight or pressure to make them, you know, give them a full release? Yeah, as long as it doesn't get sexual, sure. <laughs> I mean, I want everybody. Okay, so I want every- I'm going to need you to fuck me now, David. <laughs> I want everybody to come. That's the that's that's first and foremost before I leave stage. That's cool for that ticket price. That's cool. I don't leave stage until everyone's come. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I was I was asking about the 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 parenting and and fatherhood dynamic. Um, I was walking the dogs this morning, and I met a dog. Uh, a, a dog owner was walking by, and he was asking just, me, "Like, she would just stop that I met a dog, <laughs> and then told me about the dog." I did meet a friend, and your the friendship. I met a dog today. Um, no, he was the the guy was like, "Oh, how old are your is your dog?" And we're like, eh, "Like two two years or something like that." How old is your dog? You know, like you have to ask him, and he's like nineteen months. <laughs> And it made me think of like, <laughs> I'm sure you as a father maybe had some thoughts when your child was young enough to still tell people the age in months. months. When was that cut off for you? And do you have some thoughts on that whole situation? Um, I will never stop saying months. I think it's funny to make people do the math. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> so you're still doing it. Uh, okay. Yeah, she's uh, 101 months, uh, almost 102 <laughs> months. Well, okay, so she's. She's uh, six, and um, and so the material that I have about her, and I don't want people to think that it's just an hour of dad jokes, because um, it's not. But it, it it becomes a thread to get me to other bits. The whole set has a flow to it, kind of a beginning, middle, and end in a, in a way. And, and she's kind of the, the idea of having a kid is what threads. And I'm and I'm old. I'm an old old dad. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, she's my first and only. So it's a new experience for me. Hilarity ensues. Yeah. And she also named the tour. She, she's not aware of it, but I just, she called me the worst daddy in the world. So I was like, oh, there's my tour name. Was there something that happened or was she just kind of having a little fit? Did you deserve that? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give her a third ice cream. So Oh, yeah, it. you are the worst. <laughs> yeah, just the worst. You third. are the worst daddy in the world then. That's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's clear. You kind of have to keep the desserts flowing yeah. from what I've heard. She's yeah. going to be pissed when she found out you made money off of that too. Oh, yeah. I, I also talk about how uh, I resent her for being rich and she's a rich kid and it <laughs> bothers me. You have grown a Nepo baby so far, right? So far. I mean, whatever she chooses to do, I guess. Yeah. Do you have any inkling on where she's going? Yeah, where she landed. Signs of a career path yet? Um, probably aerospace or marine biology. <laughs> okay, I was uh-huh. guessing more. I was going to ask which liberal arts college she had been pre accepted to, but I like aerospace a little <laughs> more. Oh, she's going to double major, so in uh, in in uh, African American feminist studies and uh, okay. aerospace, aerodynamic <laughs> oh, that's, rocketry. That's super cool. She'll be at JPL half the week. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. barred the other half. Now we talk to parents pretty often on this show, and and there's we like I I'm fascinated by the 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 being forced to hang out with people you don't like because you're. Child I, I have a friends. whole. I have. It's basically the opening. Is, <laughs> That's my show. Okay. Is, uh, okay. Is dealing with chit chat and small talk that I never. I was able to walk away from before I had a kid that now I have to engage in. Well, how often are these people like? Have you made friends though? Are there any positive outcomes of this, or is it all bozos? Yeah. No. I have. I definitely. Uh, and and people that I definitely would not have ever met. Or hung out with, except our kids play together, and I, and I like them. They're they're we're not exactly the same. We don't come from the same place, but but they're cool. And we'll have you know the the play dates are kind of all engaging, where you have uh, stuff in the day, and then we all go out to dinner. And they're uh, some lovely people that I met that I would not have otherwise met. Yeah. So, but they're not calling you like Hollywood Dave because you're in New York. It's fine. Like everybody's like, oh yeah, I'm I'm in Brooklyn, behave. and they're they're a bunch of you know way more famous celebrities just uh like in this couple square blocks where i live i mean there's plenty of <laughs> there's plenty nobody cares isn't it funny how brooklyn has become that it really is it's just like celebrities with brownstones it's just yeah. something it's it's something to behold i guess it's but i don't think it's that cheap that's what i don't understand it's not that much cheaper or at least it's not anymore. Uh, than like Manhattan, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, but it's also way more desirable. I wouldn't move back to Manhattan. I was in Manhattan for 12 years, I think, and I would not ever move back there. I mean, it's right there. I can get there in 10 minutes, but I've got – there's so many more trees and parks and playgrounds and family, and it's not all – it's not dense. There's You can see the sky. You know, it's like I, – I would not – I mean, I wouldn't ever move from Brooklyn. I don't think. I, I like the, I like the idea. I like the idea that in Manhattan you look up and the sky is just not there. There's just buildings. You can't. You just cannot see the sky. It often is true. Where, that is true. Uh, yeah. From, you know. But it's kind of like the difference between living in Los Feliz and West Hollywood or Beverly Hills. Like it costs the same. It's just like, do you want to be like densely packed in with like weird street parking violations, or do you want to have a lawn and and you know a place to walk where you're not gonna be attacked. You know, I, I appreciate the fact that you pronounced it correctly, Los Feliz. Don't encourage him. Don't encourage that obnoxious. No, behavior. no, that's correct. That's well, I spent a lot of time at at Fraud sixty two. Okay, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> um, actually, David, back in the I day, it. I used to go see you do stand up um, at M Bar and Largo oh, and all wow. those places way back in the day. Yeah, M-Bar like was... early two thousands. Sure, sure, yeah. And Largo, the old Largo. The old Largo, yeah. And I felt bad because yeah. when I was going to the M bar, it was at like, you know, it was what it was like early 2000, like 2002 or something like that. That sounds right, yeah. And I was like prime drinking age. That was like right when I turned old enough to drink. And I was, I was a heckler sometimes. <laughs> and I felt, I feel so bad about it now, but I was just like a piece of shit, like drunk guy. And I would heckle like you and Patton Oswald. I didn't know this. All I these, didn't like, know this, huge Jason. comedians. I would say the dumbest shit too. Yeah, you, you would have <laughs> gotten destroyed uh, nightly. You would have gotten destroyed. <laughs> a drunk heckler at Largo or Embar uh, heckling yeah. me or Patton or Paula Tompkins or... Yeah. Bob Odenkirk or Sarah Silverman or whoever. Oh, you would have gotten ripped. Well, that was the thing. I was wondering, like, did I want to get ripped? Like how you have that one friend who, like, likes to get beat up by guys sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, is it a weird, sadistic thing? I don't don't have that friend. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> if you don't have that friend, then you are that friend. Uh, and nor am I that friend. <laughs> you maybe you've grown out of it. Yeah, but uh, but I do feel bad. But it, it was such a special time back then because you would just go, you know, get a forty and spit yeah. five bucks to get in, and you would just see every amazing comedian in a little hundred hundred cap room. Yeah, those are those were great shows. Yeah, and uh, L.A. You know, L.A. and New York are are very comparable. I know there's some people who believe New York has a kind of a slightly better seen for that mm-hmm. but i disagree i think la is just as good and and has always been just as good yeah i think it's about the same it's just people think that new york is better because you can just bop around and do 11 sets a night and you can just take the train and you're all there versus like getting in your car and doing it yeah that probably has something to do with it i guess because yeah. new yorkers are just drunks you know which is cool and uh, and on fentanyl <laughs> don't look don't i can't drive a car i'm on fentanyl don't bring fentanyl into this if i don't have my fent i can't go on stage i freak out so, so all right now here's a big question this is for jason mm-hmm. are you a and there's no judgment at all are you a frustrated comic was there because uh, there's a lot of people who are fans of comedy who will reluctantly admit to like oh yeah i guess i wanted to do it and i never did great question david yeah i would say so all right. Is that true, Jason? Well, I didn't know I, but, you had... but I think I think that there's. Um, I've always loved comedy and been a fan of it, mm-hmm. but I've never necessarily had the desire specifically to like do stand up comedy. I mean, luckily now there's you can be into comedy and have a career doing it with like a thousand different mediums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, writing, podcasting, whatever, zillions of things. You, you don't just have to do a stand up. Um, but yeah, I think so. I, I think I always liked comedy and I was a fan of it and I like making people laugh, but I never really mm-hmm. did it, you know? Yeah. Well, there's an opportunity for you yes. now, Jason. So you, yeah, you read me like a book. Now that we have an audience, if you <laughs> want to kind of open for us doing stand up, I'm, I'm fine with that. If that, there's no, there's not going to be a pay bump, but if you want to, that's fine. <laughs> we do our la- I'll, I'll open for myself and I'll give myself a couple drink tickets and stuff like that, but cab money, but there better be a pay bump. When we do a live when we do a live podcast, it's you and I on stage for an hour doing Yeah. Sklar Brothers, you know, bits. Like it is stand up. Unfortunate, David, because I'm not a comedy lover like Jason. It was very unfortunate for me when I realized that we had reverse engineered comedy by doing a podcast on stage for an hour and it's the same fucking thing it's the same fucking thing and arguably worse improv yeah argu- oh, much worse much much worse. yeah have you seen any like live podcasts that actually work that you're a fan of david um well i've participated in some and they've always been fun because i'm on stage and i'm fucking around but mm-hmm. i don't think i would ever uh again no judgment i just don't sure. think i would ever go uh, I certainly wouldn't pay money to go watch a podcast. That's insane. Go, go to howlonggone.com for our tour dates. Tickets still available in a couple Yeah, we cities. got tickets. Philadelphia, Chicago, uh, Atlanta. David won't be there. Low ticket alert. Yeah, low ticket alert. Fuck David. Don't listen to him. <laughs> I mean, it's funny you say that because I kind of feel the same way about stand-up. And I like I've I guess the only time I've paid for it is when I took Jason to see Joe Rogan as a joke. <laughs> And then it wasn't. It wasn't funny. It cost me three hundred large, and it wasn't funny at all. It wasn't funny as a joke, and he wasn't funny as a comedian. So it was a very confusing kind of expenditure. Stop being funny the second I had to put my cell phone in a lockbox, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, this. I'm already out." Yeah, because you were gonna play Wordle. You were gonna play Wordle. <laughs> I was like, "Let's go check out what this popular podcaster has going on." You know, when he touches the stage. And I have to say, it was I, I Jason knew.
knew Jason keeps up with the stuff a little more than me, so he knew what we were getting into. And the the look on his face when I was like five minutes in, I was like, "Let's leave, dude. This is insane. Like, it's not. I I just assumed <laughs> there would be some jokes in there, but there weren't any jokes. I I kept looking. I didn't see them. I didn't hear them. Now I'm sorry. Was he doing stand up or was he doing a live thing of his podcast? No, this was this was stand up. This was stand up oh, at yeah. the at the fabulous Fox Theater, sold out multiple nights in a row. Crazy. Crazy. And uh, Fitzsimmons opened for him, and he kind of did his like racist fifteen, and then <laughs> Greg Fitzsimmons. Yeah, Greg Fitzsimmons. Yeah, he's not. He doesn't do racist <laughs> stuff. Honey, does he? It was no. like I, It wasn't. No. He wasn't doing racist <laughs> stuff, but he was. I mean, anyone who opens for uh, Joe Rogan or somebody like him panders to the the Blue Lives Matter crowd. You know. Well, that's a that's a bummer. Uh, yeah, of course. I like Greg. I, I I know Greg. I like him. He's I a didn't. legend. He's a legend. I don't think he's a racist guy, but he's you know he's old enough to make a couple you know Asian jokes or whatever here and there, where it's on the borderline. You know what I mean? But right. yeah, when Joe went up, he's just kind of like saying like profound sentences, and the crowd like stands up and is like, "Now wait, wait, <laughs> you know, like, have you guys seen the uh, the uh, Tim Heidecker, Joe Rogan spoof? Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> it's, it's so yeah. good. <laughs> it's so." fucking good and it's one of those it's like performance pieces where the it's like funny then it's not funny then it's really funny then it's not funny again that it's mm. even crazier funny it's just three it's it's just brilliant yeah if you hold on for the whole entire ride it takes you into a dark deep place but it's rewarding yeah. for sure it's great it's really great i guess i just expected i i understand that for comedians podcasting is obviously a big money maker but it also sells tickets you know what i mean like that's you once you sure. have a giant yeah, yeah. audience they're yeah. going to come see you no matter what but i assumed after years of uh stand up and and other assorted you know um mma hosting gigs that we would get a few jokes in there but it but it wasn't even it wasn't even like it was like there weren't like Jason saying it was just kind of like statements. Like it wasn't even like there were no there were it was no just like, like trans people shouldn't swim, you know, stuff like that. And it's like it's whoop, just whoop, like, whoop, that's whoop, like whoop, you know that's literally what it was like. Like if you want to talk about like trans people <laughs> athletes, like there's comedy to be mined in there. It's tricky there to make none, a joke that works. Zero, no, and it comedy. has to be a home run. Yeah, but he was he was just saying like. It's freaking messed up. That freaking <laughs> trans dude weightlifting is freaking bullshit, dude. And then a guy who has like a lariat F-350 is like. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it, the worst part about it was his looks for me. Like I was stunned at the meatball vibe that was like emanating from him from the stage. But also, David, you'll know this because you're from the South uh, that like it's a certain kind of like there's people in the South that make a lot of money as like builders. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like they, 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 I developed this neighborhood out in Austell. I'm a fucking low, low millionaire. <laughs> mm -hmm. I have a very successful hauling company. We do boats and stuff mostly. Yeah, exactly. They haul. They <laughs> haul. Me and my, me and my chick. I'm gonna. I'll leave my. I'll leave my gun in the glove box. But we're gonna valet the lariat, <laughs> and we're gonna go see our guy Joe tonight downtown in the city. And it's like, that's the crowd. It's like guys with money that made it doing the least sexy things on earth <laughs> and the women that love them. That was the crowd. That was the crowd. <laughs> that's a great name for the tour. Little wordy, but yeah, we're there. <laughs> but it's like, I. But dude, I know that. I know exactly. That's a, that's a, yeah. a really precise, uh, specific picture you're painting. And I know it completely. I don't think that's necessarily just the South, too. I think it's, uh, 
It's yeah, not. But it's, it's I not. know exactly what you're talking no, about. It's a, me, me growing up in Orange County, California, that's why Chris and I are so close. That's shit. like the rich guy where I grew up was like, yeah, yeah. My, I, I like redo roofs for track houses and I have, you know, I make 1.2 million a year and uh, everyone's like, oh, fuck. This guy's I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing walk. pretty good. Yeah. You should see the fucking crossbows I hunt with. These aren't cheap. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> a, it was nice to be there with Jason because I think it was like, exposing him to a side of the south that is you kind of have to live there to truly understand or have lived there at some point where it's like this is the act actual population mm -hmm. and i was i was also trying to explain to him that a lot of these people i don't even think they're necessarily like i don't think they're even racist necessarily no. i just think they're kind of like D dumb <laughs> yeah i don't think they're uh i don't think they're necessarily racist at all i mean there's plenty of racists in the south but the guy you're describing is I think somewhat, uh, 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 I wouldn't say dumb as much as confused, I think, because they have these like okay. libertarian ideals, but libertarianism, yeah. the philosophy of it uh, just crumbles when you apply any kind of real world logic to it. <laughs> and, and there's no, you know, and they're like easy to, to, to talk to and hang out with uh, and they'll listen to you, but they just, they don't have a lot of answers for things, you know, when you, <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're like, well, that's not necessarily yeah. true. What about this? And, and they, <laughs> they just want to be left alone and <laughs> want to live their life and we got it good. And I don't want don't ask me nothing too hard. All right, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately though, unfortunately they do have it good. That's the thing that I, that's the problem. I'm like, all right, this guy's rich. He's like has a giant house. He's got all the toys. If you want to live like that, then you got it pretty good. Yeah, if that's, if a, you want to be oblivious sense. to the world around you, in a relative sense, yeah, they yeah, got in it a relative they're, sense, they're taking the they're getting on the Carnival Cruise Line. You know, once every eighteen months, and they go <laughs> to Honduras. They don't really see Honduras. They <laughs> they smell some air. They smell some of the air in Honduras and. Um, that's nice know. air, good air. I tried a mango, y'all. It was really good. <laughs> but yeah, I know I know that guy so well. I know that person you're describing very, very well. Yeah, as do I. the The orange curtain we call it where I'm from. The what? The orange curtain in Orange County, like the orange that curtain, sheltered, yeah. you know, the opposite of cultured and worldly. And I don't want to hear anyone else's. Uh, the, it's like perspective. The idea, like uh, the same people that would have made fun of sushi when sushi was just starting to come out like no fuck that man i ain't gonna eat raw fish are now super psyched and consider themselves you know aficionados of sushi because there's a sushi thing stand at the kroger's and uh and that you know sometimes pf changs will run a uh a sushi hey, i'm trying a pokeball hey david it's pretty good david you'll be happy to know there is a nobu in atlanta now so you know i i think that the these the high tech rednecks are getting their sushi it's a little better than kroger well, that that's uh, upscale that's super upscale you reminded me um david chris and i have a friend in the south and we we make we have like a joke about uh, there's a certain type of guy where you just refer to any Asian cuisine as sushi, <laughs> spelled like S H U S H, like Asian, you know, yeah. Thai food, Chinese food, yeah. Vietnamese food. It's all just sushi. That sushi was banging. <laughs> oh, what what did what uh, what sushi did you have? Man, I had them noodles. Um, it's like a soup. It's like a, it's like a it's like a noodle soup. Man, it was so good with pork in it. Y'all's kind of spicy. <laughs> yeah. Really good sushi. <laughs>
<laughs> um, we we're gonna go to Las Vegas tomorrow for a couple days to kind of work out um, some notes for our live show. Little writers retreat. How do you how do you do in Vegas? You got any tips on the strip? I mean, I just you know go to the Stratosphere and get the penthouse suite and um, top of the needle and just top of the needle and then just. Act like it's your last days on earth and then uh okay. and then okay. and, and then jump. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm we're look we have a couple of important the first first night we have made a reservation at a very tough to come by table at Martha Stewart's new restaurant there. It's called the Bedford. Mm-hmm. It's a Martha Stewart themed restaurant. It's like it's like walking it's like Bedford, New York. It's like exactly. amazing. It's like Hudson. Yeah, oh it's, my gosh. It's like a little little piece of <laughs> Hudson. Uh, it's perfect. Right in Las it's perfect. Vegas. It's, it's, it's great. White picket fence. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna be good. Cherry cobbler. <laughs> Cherry cobbler. It's more of a. It's 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 more of a like a shrimp cocktail for thirty eight. I'm thinking four pieces. Jason, yeah, yeah. you think six? Or you think four? The horseradish will not be challenging. Okay, <laughs> the horseradish will not, will be kind of middle of the road. You're gonna be safe, <laughs> but but bring bring some wipes and a couple towels just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't. Chris, bring your poncho, your shrimp poncho. But do you do you do stand up in Vegas, David? And how does how does that go? You know, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan. I, I used to I used to have kind of a love hate relationship with Vegas when I lived in L.A. and I'd never been before. And the first 10, 15 times were really uh, novel and fun. And yeah. and I also was kind of a different person. And we'd go out, and we'd just drink and do blow, and we'd be up for week. To, you know. Days and days and days, and actually, swing dancing was popular at the time. You gotta understand, it was different. <laughs> yeah, it was my uh, uh, my twenty three skidoo days. Um, <laughs> my big rag raccoon fur coat. And the... Meet me at the Dresden for one, huh? <laughs> and then I just sort of got over it, and it's really depressing sometimes to me. Um, it is depressing it always. Is. And I've shot some stuff. Uh, I've shot things down there where you're like, you have to be there for, you know couple weeks four weeks and wait you've oh you've shot something there where you've had to be there for a month yeah 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 can i ask can i ask just just what shoots in las vegas like was it supposed to be in las vegas ncis las vegas oh yeah 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 there was uh there were there were a couple things i did um they didn't try to make it seem like something else it was vegas okay okay um sure and but i've done i did stand up at a casino that was a it was one of those things you get paid very, very well, but I know it's just babysitting for an hour and 15 minutes. Mm. And I'm, I go in, I'm like, okay, there's not going to be an encore. I'm not even going to do, I usually do like an hour 20. And I'm like, I'm doing my hour. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, and you just know ahead of time. And it, it's just a lot of people because they, because they, um, they paper the place, you know, those places are always, you get yeah. tickets when you come in, and they're like, "Hey, it's the just shoot me guy." And then you say <laughs> something like, uh, "You know, uh, there is no God," and people are like, "Get the fuck out!" You know, or, or whatever. You know, and uh, damn, the guy from Just Shoot Me's a dick. Fuck this. <laughs> so yeah. it's just a pure money grab, doing it for the bucks, get in, get out. Yeah, but I, Barrett I, kind I, of thing. I yes, and I don't really, I don't need any money i have plenty of money and i i truly love doing stand-up it's one of the absolute joys of my life and i just don't need it anymore i don't need i don't need to do anything that fucks up the fun of doing stand-up and go oh well this is going to give me 55 grand so i'm gonna 
Right. You know, I just like I'd rather do I'd rather do uh, two other shows that'll pay me that. You know what I mean? That they're fun shows, and I and I've yeah, got yeah. I've got I I know this sounds ass kissy and cliche, but I have fucking great fans. I have the I mean this tour has been so awesome and uh, and they always are but uh but just the the fans are great and uh and now i'm i'm actually at the age where people are bringing their kids i've had that happen a couple times where because i'm doing these mm-hmm. meet and greets afterwards at some of them and, and um and uh 90 of them they'll be like uh i'll be surprised which i shouldn't be at like oh your fans you look uh uh straight white 50s and then uh <laughs> kind of like suburban conservative or whatever. And then they've got kids with them. Like they're, this is my, you know, 18 year old son and he's in a stand up and he likes you. And this is my, you know, uh, this is my 20 year old daughter and she got into you for Mr. Show. And I turned her on the, and there are, so kids are coming, which is kind of cool. That's full circle shit. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. I, I have a tough time with fans. Is there any tips? Because I really don't like to associate. Uh, absolutely. I, I, <laughs> Had a really like as I said, I'm doing these uh, uh, VIP meet and greets for uh, for up to fifty people. For okay, so for so the first tip is charge money. The first tip is charge money. I yep. got it. Okay. Yep. And uh, <laughs> okay. but uh, I only say that to uh, illustrate how far I've come because I used to literally run after the show and I'd go into the bus and I did not do well with meeting people and it's all me. It's not mm-hmm. them. It's me. I have a, I had a tough time for a long time after yeah. Mr. Show or after tapings or doing uh stand up um, or touring with Mr. Show. I mean, bunch of stuff. I just didn't do, I wasn't comfortable. Uh, I, I would, I would drink too much to compensate for my discomfort. And, uh, and then I've slowly been getting better one because I've tried to be proactive about, you know, getting better. And then two, because I restarted medication that I was on for 10, 12 years that helped me deal with anxiety Mm -hmm. that when I met my wife, uh, before she was my wife and and we were having a serious relationship and I kind of knew this was the one I was like, I should go off this medication so you can just see me. Not there's not gonna be a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing. I'm not bipolar, <laughs> not schizophrenic. But you, okay. just so you know. So you know what I'm like, which I and I was yeah. off of it for a long, 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 long time and I was doing fine. And then once my daughter was born, I started getting all kinds of anxiety again that I wasn't quite able to apply the things that I learned about how to not spiral. Uh, was starting to get out of hand, so I went back to taking this stuff, and it really, 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 really helps with my ability just to hang out. And I'm I'm uh, social. I come out with a bottle of tequila at the end. You know, there's like 50 people. They paid money. They're super fans. I come out like we're all going to do a shot, and I we do a shot of tequila, and then I talk to every single person, take pictures, sign whatever, and like because I've never done this before, nor have I attended one, and people will be like, and the, uh, again, the theater owners will be like, wow, it's really great. I like what you're doing there. And they'll tell me stories of these people who will, you know, come in. It's just a line, like, take a picture. Hi. Okay, move. Next. 
I take and it, that seems so gross to me and shitty and exploitive. Yeah. And uh, and I again, I really love my fans. I have great fans, and and so that knowledge and the things I learned to not get so let my anxiety get out of hand and the medication have been. I know you asked the question roughly an hour and a half ago, but that is my answer. To you. <laughs> no, so the tip the tip is for hanging out with fans, charge the money and drink. Okay, I, I'm fine with I'm fine yeah. with. I mean, that's I don't you got it. I don't drink, but I can yeah. charge them. What's the name of this magic drug that you're taking? Because I would like to try it. It's just it's just it's just Zoloft and I'm on the uh, okay. I'm on the the minimal. I used to be on quite a lot of it, and now I'm on the minimal amount of dosage. It's two, it fingers, two fingers is Olaf. Okay. I've never tried yeah, it. It you, sounds great. You crush it and snort it up in one thing. <laughs> it's great. What is... Uh, what, yeah. Uh, what is your... How, what do you drink right before you go on stage? What's your pre-stage alcohol consumption? Do you have like a ritual with it? I do. Uh, I used to drink a lot more, and because of these uh, meet and greets, I'm, uh, I'm drinking less because I drink during that so i <laughs> i will have a beer mm. uh and, and in my writer i've switched it now to a session ale so it's kind of a lower abv so it'll be somewhere like 4.7 whatever mm -hmm. try not to get too high of an abv and then i'll because i'll drink uh two or three beers on stage and then now that i've got these meet and greets that's another two beers and another two shots. Okay. So, and I'm doing that every night, night after night, you know. And I'm, I'm, old. I used to do that all the time, but I'm older and it's. No, no, no. I mean, that's tough. It's something I have to think about as well as you get older. It's like you just can't punish your body and wake up dying every single morning and do it all over again, you know, at a certain point. The body shuts down. But that, I think that's a good. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I will try that out. Do you ever have to pee on stage? Drinking three, four beers? Uh, no. I I mean, back when I was doing rock clubs and I'd have a band open up for me and then I would just go and I would be up there pretty much until I had to pee. And that, but those were like two, two anywhere from two to three hour shows. And, uh, um, wow. and this is, I've got an opener, Sean Patton, who's amazing. He's great. Uh, so Sean opens, uh, we roll right into me. Uh, and then I have a few beers. I'm only doing yeah. like an hour and twenty okay, okay. tops. You, I, for, I forgot about the band that that our first tour we had bands play, and part of the reason was because like we knew you kind of did that at one point, and that's kind of our. Ba I used to manage bands. Jason's a DJ. Yeah, yeah. We had that background, and it's um, it's it's cool, and I feel like it could make a comeback. I think the two things go together more than people might realize. Uh, I, I mean, I know from experience, sorry to interrupt, but I, I know from no. experience that if you're an up-and-coming comic and you've got uh, an audience out there, do it. I did it I did it uh, back in the you know 2000s, mm -hmm. late 90s. Are you grateful that you don't have to make um, crowd work videos on TikTok now to sell tickets? I, did, I, I didn't even know about that until Sean was telling me and... Uh, I mean, it makes sense. I, I think it's it's a, a smart thing, I suppose, because you can't burn any of your material. Yeah, um, exactly. So it makes sense, but uh, I haven't seen it. I'm not on TikTok. I'm barely on social media. I mean, I'm still I still have accounts, but I don't post any. I I give it to somebody else to post stuff, and I'm not even on there anymore. Mm -hmm. um, Good for you. And I'm, I'm better for it. You know, I'm not as angry. <laughs> yeah. <I bet. laughs> um. Well, as as we're closing now, uh, I heard you mention that you're kind of 
compiling some stories and stuff for a, a memoir eventually. Do you have a, a theme or an angle or a strategy on how you're doing it? No, I, I actually uh, is taking the advice of Bob Odenkirk, who had a uh, um, memoir come out last year. And uh, we're still very, very close. And uh, I mm -hmm. contributed to his, he'll contribute to mine. But he gave me a couple tips. Uh, the one that, that certainly makes the most sense for me is to just start off by putting the stuff down. Don't doesn't matter. Don't worry about And then this thing happened. And then this happened. But just write the stories. Get them all set up. You're going to overwrite. Just write them all and then start to put it together, which is how I do. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how we... Mm -hmm. sequence you know I, I do it with my stand-up you have all these disparate bits and then you start putting them together go oh this follows this and this would be better over here and this will be like callback or whatever that's how we did st uh, structure the mr show yeah episodes with we just have a ton of sketches and go this fits over here this you know and and so i've been doing that just writing the stories down writing the thoughts down and then i'll do the hard work later but to me the that seems like the easy work is the, the sequencing and the editing and the cutting it down. The hard work for me seems like the inception point of the story or the idea yeah. and getting, you know, creating something out of nothing. Yeah. But, but it's not nothing. Cause you, you're like, Oh, what nothing. about that time? Like, you know, I'm going to uh, write the story of how I lost my virginity. Well, that's a whole thing. And then you're just <laughs> overwriting, you know? Yeah, sure. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave out the, the murder and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, um, Smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just for legal reasons. Um, and you know, you just write down, just write, mm -hmm. just, blah, blah, just write. <laughs> then the harder stuff is like, Oh, I got to take this, you know, garbage and condense it and yeah. edit it into a succinct thing. Mm -hmm. That's what the editor's for, huh? Well, that's exciting. Do you, do you ever feel like, at what point in my life is it time to write the memoir? Did you have a moment where you're like, I'm old enough. I've done enough. Now is the time because I see a lot of people write memoirs, maybe a little too early in their life. You know. Yeah, I wanted to wait until Miley Cyrus wrote hers, so I'm good to go now. Smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You <laughs> let her beat you to the punch a little bit, fellow author. Fellow author. But the thing is, is that the I feel like a lot of people now. Yeah, I think that a lot of people now are leaving it open because they want the two book deal. You know, so they stop oh. like before they get famous. You know, and then they and then they wait for the for the one where they're famous, which is, you know, not a bad trick, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, a couple months ago, I had an idea, uh, you know, like a stoner thought shower idea kind of thing. The film industry, movie theaters, it's it's all tanking. It's kind of taking a shit right now. And I was saying a mandate every time there's a new movie made, you have to leave the ending open for a sequel. Just, <laughs> just to be safe, because you never, because we need to create new franchises. You know, we don't need mm -hmm. any more Marvels or any more, you know, rehashed shit from the eighties. Yeah, I think why don't it just go revisit uh, the classics like Citizen Kane or Bicycle Thief or mm -hmm. um, Chinatown, you know, uh, Chinatown, and just end it, you know, before the before the crane pulls up. <laughs> You know, and he walks away. Just end it with uh, my sister, my my daughter, my sister, my daughter, and then just leave it. And then just roll <laughs> my sister, my daughter. Yeah, um, I guess that's it, Chris. We're 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 at time. We're yeah, at time. we're at time. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure, man. Absolutely, my my pleasure. What is the name of this podcast? It's called How Long Gone. 
And what is the what is the what is that a reference to? So it's a reference to a Brooks and Dunn song. Um, <laughs> but it's okay. it's we started this during COVID, so it was a little bit of a reference to that. But then right. the theme song is a is a karaoke version of the Brooks and Dunn song of the same nice. name. Yeah, it was a real chicken or egg kind of thing. But yeah, we started it like the very first, almost the first day of quarantine, and there was a theme of you know how long is this going to be going on for? And right, right. You know the music of Brooks and Dunn just kind of takes it over from there yeah sure. you're in god's hands at that point <laughs> yeah they they walk it they walk it across home plate for us every day every week but yeah a real pleasure talking to you man been a yeah, fan absolutely. for a long you. time that i'm on tour currently i don't know when this is gonna come out but i'm on tour until the end of october so yeah this will be out uh, in a this will be out on friday oh shit friday wow okay great we moved quick that's very quick yeah all right man thank you very much i